And good morning, everybody. Hope everybody is well. Happy Monday. Thanks so much for the tuning in live. For those tuning in live, for those that are tuning in any day of the week, thanks so much for being here. We appreciate it as always. Happy Monday, new week. For many, this is back to school week. We are now in the process of crossing into the, the month that brings chills down the spines of many children, the month of September. This is like the opposite of June. This is the week of that we're preparing ourselves for Rosh Hashanah as well. This is a major week for change. We've been talking about this idea of mastery. What is it that's in our circle? Connectedness. What are we doing it for? And I want to sort of bring it down to, I guess, the third of the of the three sort of core needs that the self-determination theory speaks about. And when you get into that world, I think it'll round itself out. The third need that Desi and Ryan discovered that are critical psychological nutrients, if you will, is the need for autonomy. And what does that mean? At our core, we cannot live lives that are fully directed by other. At our core, there's got to be some level of freedom, some level of choice, some level of self-direction that takes place in order for us to feel fully alive, right? If you just think through who we are, souls and bodies, we are bigger than the circumstances around us. We are constantly trying to find something that is our way. And if you look at people who spend too much time thinking that the way in which they're going to find happiness is through other, you find that there's always this, there's something missing. When you get things from others for free, it's good in the beginning, but there's something missing. This is a very deep concept in spirituality called bread of shame, where the reason why God created a world that is imperfect and gives human beings free choice, which is not always what we want, right? Of course, we wanted God to come down and zap Hitler. Of course, we want God to take the person as they're about to press the button on the suicide bomb and let that button not detonate and then just like sort of just drop dead. Of course, we want God to swoop in and every time somebody has a bad thought or a bad action, get rid of it and let the world continue working. But part of the reason from what I understand why he doesn't work that way is because that's called free will. In order for there to be someone that can choose good, there needs to be someone that can choose evil. If every time somebody chooses evil, God zaps them, then that's no longer a choice. And so they're choosing good is no longer a value. So now we are basically living like robots, getting our daily portion of life that earning it. A lot of the challenges that we have in life are there to give us 
the ability to earn something. Because it's in the earning of something that makes us feel alive. That's from the world of autonomy. It's mastery, it's connectedness, but it's also autonomy. If I am good at something, but I can't control when I do it, if I can't control what happens to it, I start to lose myself. A lot of times you see this in people. They have so much that doesn't really matter. And when they have so much that doesn't really matter, they stop really playing. They stop struggling. Life, there are people that get to a place where they retire out of life. I'm not saying there are people that are retired that are growing every day. There are people that are just retired out of life. Nothing to do. It's all taken care of. Or worse, someone's constantly taking care of them. They have no more free will. They can't decide anything. They, they're existing, but they're not alive. Because part of life is the ability to earn it. Part of earning is the ability to, to not earn it. Which means you have the choice. You have your own choice, what to do and what not to do. If the choice to, to fail would be taking out, then you would, you're, you're, you're capping, if you will, the choice of success, right? I, had this, I told you the story once last year. Remember the story I told you with the kid and the bonus, right? My friend who came in who was running a, uh, a wealth management group and he giving out bonuses and one of the kids he had was super bright, but he wasn't motivated. And whatever he did, he couldn't motivate this kid. So he didn't really perform. Came from the best schools. Super bright, super put together kid. Said all the right things, but just didn't perform like the rest of everybody else. Some people in the room that didn't have his background that outperformed him. So when bonuses came out, he got the lowest bonus in the group. So he comes back to his desk. He gets a call from that kid's mom. I heard you gave my son a bad bonus. It's not appropriate. I don't want to discourage him. And this guy who runs a business basically got yelled at by his intern's mom. And he's like, you got to be kidding me. Right? When you helicopter over your kids too much and you solve everything for them, you protect the downside. But you also cap the upside. Because sometimes figuring it out on your own is how it works. Sometimes having somebody out there with the ability to potentially fail is what they need in order for them to learn how to succeed. Autonomy is the choice. But autonomy gives us something else. This is really where, where, where we start to understand what's in our circle. Autonomy means it's on me. When you live a life and in your life, there's, it's always somebody else's fault. Everything is someone else's fault. That means that you don't own anything. That means you are always subject to something else. You live a life like a little bit like earlier where you don't fail as much, but you live a life where you don't live as much. 
one of the hardest parts about having a child is that moment that you bring them home from the hospital and it, it dawns on you that there's nobody in the house but you. You and your spouse. That's it. The nurse didn't come home with you. The doctor didn't come home with you. Your parents don't live in the house. You are responsible. Obviously, God is with you. God is in you. God is guiding you. God is everywhere around you. No question. You're never fully alone. You have always have God. But he is giving, so to speak, you the responsibility of caring for another human being. That is daunting. That is overwhelming. And you don't sleep. And you don't eat. And you look like garbage. You, you haven't showered. You, you got those first few weeks. Those first few weeks with your child, you forget it. Forget it. It is. It's unbelievable. And in that moment where you want so badly to hinge on something or someone else. We want to just pick up the phone and call your parents and say, just take over. We want to hire that nurse forever. The families, for the, for the couples that say, I got this. There's a certain fear, but a certain exhilaration. When they hit the pillow at night, they feel different. When they celebrate with God's help the first year's birthday party, it feels different. When they watch that kid graduate, it feels different. Because what they tapped into is this nutrient called autonomy. Autonomy is, it's on me. It's on me. If we fail, it's on me. There's no one to blame. So many times in our lives, what blocks us, what stops us, is that we don't know what's fully ours. Our goals are so decided for us. Our, our goals are so interconnected with somebody else's opinion of us that we don't really know where the line is between it's on me and it's not on me. It's on me to study, but am I the one giving me the grade or is the teacher giving me the grade? It's on me to work, but am I the one bringing home the money or does this have to work out and that have to work out? And the deal has to close and all this good fortune that takes place in the business world. Do I have the one that has to raise that kid or does the kid have friends too? Am I the one that's trying to create this relationship? But, but there's two to, takes two to tango. And what gives us such disappointment is not just that our priorities are unclear. It's not just that our priorities are selfish, mastery, connectedness, but it's that our priorities aren't even, it's not even clear to us that we can even get what we want. So I put this goal down. It doesn't mean anything. It's not up to me. What if I don't get picked? What if I don't get treated properly? What if they don't reciprocate? What if I don't get it? What if I don't make it? What if I don't get promoted? 
what if, what if, what if, what if it's not me? And when you go out into the world and you look for what it is that we're driving towards, it is so easy to get towards the end. And at the end is the recognition that I can't take us there. It's not just that I'm trying to blame somebody else. It's not just that I'm trying to shirk responsibility. I got plenty of that too. The reason why I'm not enough is because of somebody else. That's for sure. When I'm looking at my life, it's becoming clear to me if I'm even aware of it. But I can't take me to the end. I can't help this person out. So the frustration that we feel when we set our goals, we think about change. One of the reasons why change is so difficult is because it leads us to this path of hopelessness so often once we realize that we are naturally inclined to blame other people, which sucks at our autonomy, or we really can't control the future, which sucks at our autonomy. So anywhere you look, it's not us. Either we pretend it's not us and ascribe power to others, or we're being real that it's not us. And when we think about accomplishing something, we think about getting or being something, we start to realize that I can't just go get that. I don't have that ability. It's not me. I don't have that. I, I can't. And this is the stuck. This is where you get stuck. This is it. Once you realize that you can't, so then you don't. And this is where it begins. Even if I really wanted to, I can't control my children. Even if I really want to, I can't control this person. Even if I really wanted this, I can't effectuate this change. Really. I'm being honest. I've tried. I can't. Even for yourself. I'm, I've been doing this for so many years. I don't know how I'm ever going to change. How in the world am I going to overcome my family and my friends and my environment to become this person? I don't, I can't do it. There's no way. Now, once your mind starts to see that you can't control it, it starts to not allow you to put in the effort for it. Remember we said earlier when we started this whole exercise that if you're your goals are aligned properly, your mind will naturally make it work for you. And one of the reasons why it's exhausting to change is because since our mind doesn't fully buy into the change, it's protecting us from doing the effort that will ultimately lead to failure. If you know for sure that you're going to accomplish something, your brain will take you there. If you ascribe a value for it, if I tell you tomorrow that you have to eat healthy, let me go back to my favorite example, eat healthy, which will then ultimately cause you to lose, let's say 10 pounds. Ah, it's impossible. I can't. The holidays. And you're done. There's a $50 million check waiting for you. What? Yeah, here it is. $50 million, 10 pounds, one month. When you're eating salad and everyone else is having chocolate, you're like, this is easy. You're not even, it's not even hard. 
$50 million is coming to me in 30 days to not have chocolate, I'm in. Like, it's not hard. You're not sitting at the table being like, oh my gosh, I wish I can have triples of the hot. You're not doing any of that. Any of it. You're sipping your coffee going 28 more days, kids. I'm good. Why? Because your brain goes, this is important. That is an enormous amount of money. Whatever you're putting in your mind, your, your mouth is not worth it. Don't think about it. Go straight. The reason why change is exhausting is because we haven't clarified the goals. The reason why it's hard to lose 10 pounds because you're like, is it going to work? Is it going to stay off? What is that? What I get for it? It's so hard. I'm not sure. And all that confusion, your brain's like, forget it. Why put yourself through, through pain for nothing? The clarity is what drives you there. As soon as your brain goes, you can't control it anyways. Who cares? You can't control it. As soon as your brain says that, as soon as your brain goes, it's not you. It's not going to work. It doesn't even matter. As soon as that happens, that's when it starts to end. Should I do it? Shouldn't I do it? I don't know. I'm not sure. And then the game begins. How do we deal with it? How do we make autonomy work? All right, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Let's begin, though, just for a minute. Within every single goal, there's a part of the goal that you can control. There's a part of the goal that you can't control. There's a part of the goal that you can control. And knowing the difference is the difference between having a goal that you can get excited for and not. All right, we'll talk about this tomorrow. All right, everybody, thanks so much for joining. Have an amazing day with God's help. I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow. Have a great day.